Hey guys, what's going on? Um, here today um, in the car, recording an episode on the road. I got this new app called Anchor, and um, it, it's pretty it's pretty nice. It allows you to record podcasts and publish them straight from your mobile phone. Um, I think this is going to be a huge tool for me um, because I, in my current day job, I spend a lot of time on the road driving, and usually being in the car, I feel pretty unproductive because there's not a whole lot I can do. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of audio books and things like that, you know, but um, whenever I have ideas, a lot of time I'm stuck to remember them. You know, I spend a lot of time in the car anywhere from hour and a half to a place to four or five, six hours sometimes on the road, depending on where I'm going. Um, and I travel pretty regularly. And so I think this is going to be awesome a way to allow me to jot down some ideas um, and publish quick uh, thoughts that I have. And so that I don't, I don't miss anything, you know, cause I want to be as transparent as possible. So um, I'm going to publish this entire ap- episode on it to kind of get a feel for the platform and see how it works. I think you're limited to an hour per episode, but um, I think overall it, it'll be pretty good. I'm going to shoot for a, a full episode here and see, try to keep it under an hour, but we'll see what happens. So um, so we'll jump right into the podcast. Oh, one, one more thing. Um, there won't be an intro. I haven't. I just got the app yesterday. I'm not sure how to import my own intros yet. So with this one, there probably won't be an intro um, as of yet. But you know, it is what it is. Save everybody 30 seconds of the same intro anyway. So if you're here, you know what the podcast is. You know what it's about. So we'll uh, go ahead and dive right in. So I want to talk. I got a few topics today I wanted to talk about and. The, the first one is I was having a conversation with my wife and um, I recently started working out again. I'm going on a few weeks now and this morning I got up, I went for a run and I'm on this running uh, regiment or workout plan or whatever you want to call it that gives me like set distances and things to go during the week on depending on what day it is and Today was like a pretty short day, and so I was like, you know, I hadn't started sweating yet, and I've got this weird thing where if I don't sweat when I work out, I don't feel like I'm being um, really effective in the workout, I guess. And so what I did was I decided I'm going to just go a little harder, a little longer than what was prescribed for the day. And after I got done, um, I had a lot of soreness in my legs and and all these things, right? And I mean, I, I still felt really good, but... I could definitely feel in my legs I went a little bit longer and I overdid it a little bit, um, which isn't always bad. I mean, it's good to push yourself. But when I got done, you know, I was talking to my wife about it and I'm telling her that, you know, hey, oh, man, my, my ankles are killing me. And we're talking about it and she's, I told her that I went a little bit longer and harder than what I was supposed to. And, and she's like, well, that's you. That's what you do. You're a rebel. You're always kind of a rebel. You got to do everything your own way. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know, that that is true. She tells me that all the time. Um, And that is a pretty good explanation of my personality. I, you know, I'm not so much like a break-the-rules sort of person or anything like that. I just, I I don't adhere to someone telling me what I should do, what I need to do, what I have to do. I'm, I, I like living a little bit more to, 
to my own pedigree, right? Like I like I like being me and I don't like people trying to change that. I don't like being told what I have to do, what I need to do, what I should be doing. And a lot of times if you tell me I can't do it or I I won't be able to do it, I then I you know, I'm gonna set out to do it anyway. Not necessarily to prove you wrong, but to just to prove that I can do it even if it's to myself. And so um I was thinking about this in my journeys and especially like right now with trying to start a business and get everything off the ground. Um, I, I remember recently I was talking to my dad and my stepmom and, you know, they were asking like, what do you, what, what's going on? Because I've been posting a lot of things on my social media pages, promoting the podcast, promoting the business, these sorts of things. And they were asking like what I'm doing and um, you know, I told him like, I'm starting a business and it, it was really like no response, like, no, that's awesome. No, you're going to fail. It was just kind of like a blank and nothing, uh, response. My wife was asked recently, what, 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 a, what's all this podcast stuff that I keep seeing on Justin's social medias. And my wife was telling, um, this person and he was just like, Oh, okay you know and, and so like where where I live you know it's not you know it's crazy because like my dad owns his own business I mean the man I believe started his business with $200 in his pocket you know I mean from nothing and, and built it up to a pretty successful business where he's at now but um I don't like those things don't get me down right I don't I don't care what other people think I'm gonna do what I want to do because I'm gonna do my thing I'm gonna drive my passion and um so with that, I wanted to I wanted to kind of open up and be real transparent um, today and kind of dig into this idea of what it is that I'm chasing and what the kind of the reality of what the risks are. And so um, I currently work, I'm not going to say who I work for, what my job title is or anything like that, but I'll tell you, I have an 80000 a year salary um, with full benefits, pension, um, a lot of things that you don't typically get especially where I live I mean I don't know what the median income is here but I'm sure it's fairly small um overall I mean the town where I live the the population's around 11,000 people um pretty small population not a whole lot of people in the area so they and they not a lot of job growth um or industry growth or anything like that it's pretty stagnant economy here um, and it's actually probably gone downhill since renewable energy came in. It's kind of gone back out. Um, the oil field was on and off, real prevalent. Right now, it's kind of in a like a. It, it's kind of picked up a little bit. It dropped off a little bit, but it's always up and down, like the oil field always is. But um, the so, I guess my point is, I make really good money, especially given where I live. Um, and yet, I'm on a journey to walk away from all that. And whenever I talk to people, they kind of can't wrap their head around that idea, especially people here, that I'm, I'm going to walk away from this job that, you know, and I, I've been working for the company for 10 years and um, moving up and I'm in a good, good position now. I could, I could probably ride this position out another couple years, have another promotion, you know, and, and, and just keep working my way up. But it's not really in, in my interest to do that um, because I feel like when, I, when I'm at work, don't get me wrong, when I'm at work and I'm doing my day job, 
I'm all in 100%. I, you know, I completely care about what I do, um, and I, I put in all the effort to doing that job correctly and efficiently and effectively. But I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm 100% happy or fulfilled or probably even 50% fulfilled in that, in that role. I do everything I need to do to accomplish the role, and I even go above and beyond what I need to do, you know. Um, and I don't complain. I, I do what I need to do and do what I'm asked to do and even do things I'm not asked to do um, because I feel like that's, that's the kind of work ethic that people need to have, and so that's what I do. Um, but I'm also preparing to walk away from it. And I remember, just to give you kind of perspective on where I'm coming from, whenever I enrolled in college to go to school for software engineering, computer science, um, my grandfather asked me, well, you, or his words were, well, you ain't going to quit your job when you graduate, are you? And I was just like, well, I mean, what do you think I'm going to college for? For you know, you think I want to be in debt for no reason? I mean, obviously, if I'm going to go to college, it's because I want to use that degree. But because of my salary, my income, they just couldn't imagine. I made less then than I do now, and they just couldn't wrap their heads around the fact that I wanted to go to school so I could have a career change, much less that I'm going to try and start my own business because in their minds, it's just not going to work. And it may not work. You know, I don't, I mean... I'm not here to say like oh, it's 100%. I'm got, I'm about to start my own business, but uh, you know that is the goal. That's what I'm trying to do. And so, I want to give a little perspective on why why I'm doing this. So, a couple episodes back, I, I talked about passion, and um, if you listen to that episode, you could probably pick out that I wasn't. I didn't sound overly passionate about me talking about it, and that was largely because I'd been traveling all day. Um, I just got a phone call that my son had broke his arm and was in the ER and I'm four and a half hours away from home with not much I can do. So I was a little down in the dumps, but, um, I'd already had all this material planned out and kind of ready to, to release. So I wanted to throw the the episode together anyway. And so I was just kind of not on top of my game that episode, but don't, anyone that listened to that don't take it the wrong way like I'm I am extremely passionate about what I'm doing and that's why I wanted to kind of come in and give a little perspective and show you that and explain to you what I'm risking here I mean I'm really planning on walking away from a six-figure salary in a couple years I mean in in a few years from now I could easily be in a six-figure six-figure salary position um with a pension retirement plan stock um or not stock options um insurance company provided insurance and all these things and so it's a huge risk to walk away from that right i mean it it really is i've got a good job my job i feel comfortable is not going anywhere i don't feel like if i wanted to retire from this i could i don't i don't have any thought in my mind that that job is going to leave but i'm at a point where at 28 years old i've got to do my own thing you know I, i feel like you're given one life, you get to live that life, and then then it's all over from there, right? And I don't I don't want to look back and regret the things I didn't do. I would much rather look back and go, man, I tried those things and failed, but look at the lessons I learned, than be 90 years old looking back going, man, I wish I would have done that because what would I have really risked? You know, because here's let me give you a breakdown of how I look at it. I always have a contingent plan. 
I'm not jumping into this blind. I'm not jumping into this with the idea that if it fails, I'm out of, I don't have any options because that's not the case, right? So what I'm essentially trying to do is build a software-based business that backs all my applications that I'm currently working on. I'm building a suite of applications that are centered around um, artists, musicians, small business, these sorts of people to help them in their industries. And I have a few basic applications that I'm building, and I'm, I'm going to back those by my 89 Web Solutions company. And so that will be the backing company of these applications. And I did this for a couple reasons. One, um, having the company behind it allows me to operate in multiple spaces. So as I build and release, build and release, I market my company as a company that builds this type of application. And then I build the, an application, release it, market that specific application. But it all ties back into my 89 web solution. So then whenever I release another application into that same suite, it draws all the attention and all the traffic back to my main wheelhouse site. And that brand is about these types of industries and these types of people. And I, I'm doing that also because it gives me the ability to put out multiple applications and they're not, the idea is not to be a large scale application. The idea for me is to find a very specific niche, build an application for that niche, market to them, let it grow organically, and then while in the background while I'm maintaining it, start building the next application and then the next application. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so on top of the, the, the back end company what what I'm also getting is a business portfolio page and this is what I try to explain to people is if for some reason my applications all of them never take off and they never get me to a point where I can live on them and sustain them as my or sustain me as my primary income then what is the worst thing that just happened I built a professional portfolio, you know. So at worst, I have a professional portfolio that will at least allow me to transfer closer into the field that I want to be in, which is software. I'm extremely passionate about software. I love software. I've, I mean, I mentioned it over and over and over and over. Um, I love doing it. I think about it nonstop. I do it nonstop. I cannot help but write software. I don't like days where I don't write software. It puts me off. It is like my stress relief. Um, it is, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. I love the, the building stuff. I love the problem solving that comes in with it. I love when you build something, it's never complete because you can always optimize. There's always something to do. You're always honing this application or this, this product that you built. There's, it, it's just, I mean, I love every aspect of that so much. I mean, I, you know, and that's what keeps me into it and what draws me in. Um, and so at the very least, I have built myself a professional portfolio to present to employers to where I can at least go in from a job perspective and still get a job with a company. 
doing software. Um, now the the product may not be exactly what I want to be building, but it's a stepping stone, right? If if I build this company and I build these products and they all fail and it doesn't work out, so what? I pick myself up, I get a job in software, and then when I'm actually in the industry, who knows what I may discover then? Who knows what I may find out once I'm actually in the industry? Right now, I'm trying to build things for people that I know, the communities that I know, because I feel like that's the best way I can help into those communities. Um, but the reality is, is that I may not be passionate about the product, but I'm still passionate about software and about writing software. And so that's the very most absolute bad thing that can happen is that I have to get a day job again. I mean, big whoop, right? And so I don't see, to me, I don't see a huge risk. Yes, I'm I'm walking away from a great paying job probably double the average or close to double the average American median household income. Um, and I do pretty well. I live comfortably, you know, I mean, I'm good. I, now I didn't start out this way. I mean, I, I started in a restaurant when I was 16 working and I built a great work ethic there, went on, became a mechanic for a while. And then living where I lived, renewable energy came in with wind turbines, became all the craze and the hype. And you know, I got in there and I loved the technical aspect of it, of troubleshooting fairly complex electrical systems. Um, I really loved it um, to the point where when I initially went back to school, I went for electrical engineering because I wanted to actually build new, my, my goal was I wanted to build new renewable energy um, avenues like, you know, hydroelectric and um modernizing wind turbines and 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 solar and get into these other things because i I really cared about renewable energy um and then it just so happened i found software in that degree because you have to take some sort of um software intro to programming or some sort of course like that when you when you go into an engineering program let me get a drink here my throat's getting dry um, and that just kind of stuck with me. I mean, I hit that software and that was it for me. I mean, I, that was all I needed from that point on. So, and I built a huge passion around that. And then, you know, I've already discussed going in and what, why, how I transferred that into the community before. But, um, one thing that I I've learned over the last couple years is you really cannot rely on anyone else whenever you're looking at building your own business especially if you're trying to build a business around your passion Um, and I say this from experience um, because I've this isn't my first go at building an application you know this isn't I've I've built applications in the past um, and I've always tried to rely on someone else to kind of be a co-founder of that with me and I think the reality is is that we're on different playing fields and we have a different objective in our lives and I'm at a point now where I you know I'm learning that you cannot force your passion onto someone else and expect them to jump 
100% on board with the same level of intensity and the same level of passion as you have for your product. Um, and I would even go so far as to argue if your first turn out of the gate and you find someone to work on this with you, if you developed the idea and then you brought someone in and you feel like they're on the same level as you right from the get-go, then you're probably not that passionate about that, that product. Um, it, I, I think from my experience of dealing with other people, trying to get them to assist me in building a business, I've relied on someone else too heavily to where it tanks. Um, and I don't, I, I've refused to do that again. I'm not going to rely on anyone. I'll, I'll definitely reach out um, to the same person and say, hey, would you mind being a resource? And if it's a yes, great. If no, then not. But if you're not and cannot find yourself in the same level of passion and care for a product that I'm working on, then I don't want to be... I, not that I don't want to work with you, but I don't think you should be a co-founder in my business because... I would much rather start by myself, build by myself, struggle by myself, and then eventually, hopefully, come across someone that has the same passion, or at least someone that I know would devote their time and energy to building that passion and understanding my vision. Um, I would much rather do that than just bring someone in initially and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, go, and then get irritated whenever I don't get the reciprocation that I think that I should be getting from that person. So um, one thing I've learned over the last couple of years is you cannot rely on someone else to right off the get-go have the same level of passion that you have. So um, I think that that's an important thing whenever you're starting a business. You know, oftentimes you're told or you hear that businesses, when you're starting a like, a, you know, a quote-unquote startup, right, that it, it's imperative you find a co-founder because you just can't do everything by yourself. Um, and so I, I would do that, and I would try and reach out and have someone help me. And, you know, I I just was kind of let down every time because there's just no, you know, no... Not that there was no support. I, I don't want to go that far. I just feel like I felt like there was no support because it wasn't to the same level that I was putting into it because it wasn't their passion, right? It's not... It was an it was an idea that I had that I brought to them, and they were on board. In my opinion, probably for the prospect of a successful business, not the idea behind the business. And that's where I'm kind of steering more now. Is this this idea and this project that I'm working on now is solely built into the idea of the project not the idea of the financial outcome it's i'm investing in what i can bring to the table and that because of that i feel more driven to build this than any other product i've ever tried to develop i mean this one is to me the probably the most important one that i've put together so far so um i would encourage Anyone to that's looking at bringing someone else in, if you're starting a business and you're looking at to find help um, to help you know scale that company, really evaluate initially when you bring someone in, especially if it's um, 
I know a lot of times people will put out ads for co-founders and bring bring a stranger in, someone they don't know. Um, but I think it's it's not that they have to come in immediately guns blazing with the same level of intensity and passion and care and all that that you have. But do they have the potential? Do they? Do you think that they could and would put their time and effort in to reach that level so that the, so that you're both operating on the same playing field? Because I, I think if you're not you're going to run into problems down the road where you feel a resentment that that person's not giving as much as you are. And that's not good for anybody. It's not good for the business, you know, and that's where I'm at right now. So I'm at a point where I'm about to hit hard and heavy and I'm, you know, I'm going to this marketing thing and I'm pushing hard into the marketing thing right now more than I've ever done. And it's not my wheelhouse. It's not, you know, I'm a developer. I wanted to develop a product, and I really wanted to help branding and marketing and sales and all these things that I've never really done before. And I'm just realizing that if I want it done, I'm going to have to do it myself, you know, um, because I don't, I don't want to wait for tomorrow. I don't want to say, all right, yeah, I'll do it. Next time I see Joe Blow, I'll talk to him about it. Next time I do this, I'll talk to someone about it. Uh, when I get some spare time, I'll build a Facebook page, and I'll build a Twitter account and I'll start posting to it. I don't have time to wait for you to beat around the bush and offer me excuses. I'm going to do it now. And so what I decided was instead of, instead of shooting myself in the foot and getting irritated at someone simply because they don't have this amount of passion, it's not because a person doesn't want to, or it's not because a person's lazy. It's, it's really because they're just not on the same level of passion as me. And so I decided I'm going to do it myself so that I can have full control before I bring someone in. So I can kind of set the, here's what I'm doing. Here's the bar. You got to be here or above the bar. You're not, if you're coming in below, then it's not going to work, you know. And so um, I think that that's important for anyone, you know, really evaluate people and don't just settle for anyone because it's easy or because it's convenient if you really want to make an impact and you want to do it right, whoever you bring into your team has to be on that same level that you are. And it may take time. You may have to just swallow it and do it on your own for a while. That's what I'm doing right now. And it's difficult because I work full time and I'm trying to manage a podcast. I'm trying to run social media sites. I built a website. I'm trying to write articles to build traction. Uh, blogs, all these things I'm doing and still trying to build an application on my own. And it's very time-consuming whenever I'm working a full-time job, you know, and I travel a lot. So it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a lot of early mornings. It's a lot of late nights. It's hard, you know, because um, i got kids. I've got family. I've got responsibilities outside of my job also. It's not, I don't get off work and just go straight into software I get off work, I handle, we got baseball or whatever extracurricular we're in. Um, and sometimes that runs until nine o'clock at night. And then at nine o'clock at night, I eat supper and I get to work. I don't, I don't go, oh, it's nine, I'm going to take the night off. No, it's nine, I'm going to now jump in to the side hustle because I, I don't have time to wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow's not good enough. I need to do it today. I need to take some sort of action today. Even 1% progress is a positive in my book. So if you're not making 1% progress with me, then I, every day, I don't, I, I can't wait, or I can't wait, right? I'm, I feel too passionate about this to wait around. 
And so, I, you know, I urge you once again for like the third or fourth time I've been, I've been harping on it because it means this, this is a huge kind of eye-opening experience to me. Um, and so I feel really passionate about it. And I want to relay this to other people that if you listen, because I really want you to hear it. If you're going to bring someone in, make sure they're willing to get there or already are on the same level as you are. If you're if you're lucky enough, you develop the idea with a buddy or a friend or a family member or whoever it is, and you're able to start from that level together. Um, you know, but if if not, then you got to find somebody. And I just urge you to, you know, be picky be extremely picky with who who you uh, bring in on your team because you don't want to go through hiring firing and constantly having to get people up to par you know if in a perfect world you bring people in and if you can get 80 percent of them right on the first hire where they always work out then I think you're doing a hellacious job you know and that's difficult but um, that's why I say for your first one you want them there long term as long as you can keep them because you want to start from the ground up together you know, be picky with who who you bring into your to be your partner on any sort of business or project you're going for. So, um, so those are the main things I wanted to dig into today. I just um, I think that I'm, being as transparent as I can is important. You know, because I I don't want people to think like I'm a guy that you know works a median wage job and I'm like gonna go and start my own business i mean i'm so i wanted to be open and let you guys know i mean it is i'm taking a huge risk i really am and i'm i'm not that's why it's taken me this long to do it because it's scary but i'm not gonna you know i'm being methodical about it i'm not just jumping in you know I'm, i'm really considering all avenues and i analyze what's gonna happen and when i look at the worst possible outcome is i get another job you know with the skills and so it's not that big of a deal and i urge you to you know whatever your side gig is if you're trying to turn into a full business look at that i mean look at those things if you're in a position like me where you're going out you know i can't walk away from a six-figure salary or whatever you make you know even maybe it's fifty thousand, and you can't get another job in your area like that and you're afraid to walk away well look at what your passion is and then i i urge you to examine all avenues I, I talk about this in my first couple episodes where I came from a place where these abstract jobs like software engineer or mathematician or, you know, whatever it may be, a social media expert people, I mean, companies hire people just to promote them on social media um, and do their marketing. You know, these sorts of jobs were completely unknown to me. You know, and so if you're from an area like that, I, I, I urge you to take look at what your passion is or your side hustle, your dream, and then look, go dig into the world. I mean, you've got all the world's knowledge right there on your iPhone or your Android, whatever smartphone you have. Get on Google and start reading, start digging, start engaging with the communities of people and find out what are the other options out there because you want to do it your own way. But you, you kind of build a little cushion for yourself. I'm not I'm not a person that jumps in without thinking about stuff. I've never been that way. And I, I don't I don't promote being that way because I you know, that's just not me. Um, I promote being analytical about you how you approach stuff so you set yourself up for the least amount of failure as possible. I think failure's good. I think you learn a lot from failure. 
you know, and I talk about it a lot because I, I try to relay every, even the smallest little failures I've had and setbacks and things. I try to, I try to relay these things. I mean, just me being in, in building this application was a huge failure for me because I went through this big long circle over a year long stretch only to find out the application I initially started to work on, I should have continued on that. But I didn't do my market research. I didn't know. I just started blindly building applications. Um, and so that this application could already be done and already be out in the market. And I could have already done all this. But, you know, that was a failure. Something I learned. And I learned it the hard way. So, you know, I, I share that. I want to share my failures. But I'm also a proponent for if you can analyze it enough and look at the avenue. Don't, don't spend all your time analyzing because you never get anything done. But, you know... Take take whenever you're making decisions, look at it in both ways. Don't just go like jump in without ever thinking about stuff. You know, it's good to have your intuition and go by your gut feeling. I, I think a lot of great decisions are made that way, and a lot of things play out that way. But you know, you can't be just completely blind to it. So that's what I do. I look at my avenues and say, okay, what's the worst that could happen? And then it helps me feel a little bit more at ease with taking these sorts of risks, walking away from a huge paying job to go. I'm going to try and start my own company in a small town where there's no other software companies whatsoever. Let's see how that works out. Well, I'm able to do that because I look at the trend of software and go, okay, there's a there's a pretty steady trend of this idea of remote work where people are being allowed to work from their home because what we're starting to see is Silicon Valley is the kind of the mecca of software and and technology and innovation. But when you when you just kind of dig down into just software, um, you're starting to see that there's people out, you know, in the middle of pick your random uh, middle American state and small town or medium sized town that there's there's great software developers that live there that they don't want to live in California. They don't want to go pay two hundred thousand dollars or. Um, two or three thousand dollars a month for a little bitty baby apartment and they're making 200k a year and it's equivalent to making you know 40 or 50 where they live why do that you know there's a lot of people that don't want to do that sure silicon valley you take that sacrifice in the beginning because i mean you're rubbing elbows with a lot of people there so you increase your chances and increase your exposure but what we're starting to learn is that these people are elsewhere. So we're seeing this trend of software becoming more and more remote. More companies are letting their employees live where they want to live and work remotely with with tools that are so readily available like Skype and Zoom and um, Slack and any other of these communication tools like Basecamp and project management tools and team management tools and all these tools that are available it's so easy to work remotely now, and we're seeing this trend. And so I look at these things. I go look at it and go, okay, well, there's a huge trend in remote work. The job market may be a little smaller, but if I have a good portfolio, I can tailor my portfolio to these types of companies that allow remote work and say, look, this is what I'm looking for. And I can prove and say, look, I've built this entire thing in my spare time while having a full-time job because that's how passionate I am about software. I learned software on my own with three kids, full-time job. I travel, work in 50, 60 hours a week or more, a wife, many extracurriculars. If that doesn't prove to you how passionate I am and you don't appreciate that, then I probably don't want to work for your company anyway if you don't appreciate the work ethic that people have. 
And so I've built and put myself into this position where if the company fails, I have a story to tell to potential employers and I can get a job. And so I urge you to look at these things and set yourself up for those same types of opportunities in whatever your passion is. Because it's not bad to have a contingency in your plan. It's not bad to have a plan B. You know, you don't always have to go, I'm going to risk all my money and go for broke here because that's what you see these amazing one-off stories. Well, for every story, there's a million other stories of people that didn't do it that way, that didn't take the risk, and they're still successful in their own right. So you don't have to be that person that risks it all and gambles it all. You can be methodical and smart about the way you approach these things. So I just wanted to open that up. I was thinking about that today, um, and I wanted to kind of relay to everybody where I'm at in my journey and what sort of risk I'm really taking and then kind of step back and show you guys that it's not that I'm taking a huge risk. I'm just being, I've took time to methodically put myself in this position to where I can take the risk where the risk isn't quite as risky as it may seem. So, all right guys, with that, um, I think I'm going to end it there. I have a couple of their topics, but you know, we're coming up on 40 minutes, so I'm going to cut it off right there. Um, one bit of news I wanted to throw out is I have recently put in for Google Play. Hopefully this episode will hit Google Play. It may be the first one. Um, I'm hoping I'll expand to that platform as well as I'm in the process of getting my YouTube channel set up. So all these will start becoming available on YouTube. And I'm also now potentially looking at starting a short vlog on that YouTube channel. So my YouTube channel will have... Um, quick little three, four long minute vlogs as as well as um, my podcast and then probably another channel of, I want to give people the behind the scenes of my workflow whenever I build software. Um, Two reasons for that. I want to give people that aren't in technology kind of an idea of what it's like. And then I also like, because I'm a solo developer, um, I'd also like to reach other developers and, and get tips and advice and see, you know, learn if there's things that I could be better at, things I could be more efficient at, um, these sorts of things. So what I'm, and I've already posted a couple time-lapse videos of me doing uh, writing software um, on my social media pages, so check those out. But I'm, I'm thinking of one of the playlists on my channel is going to be more behind the scenes of my full workflow, everything from I set up Trello boards, um, dig into ideas, how I utilize tools. I'm not a person that, you know, I love building software. I love writing algorithms. I like solving problems. But if there is already an option open source that's free for me to use, someone's already built something that's better tested, better quality than what I can produce. Why spend 10 hours, 12 hours trying to write something that's not even going to be 30% as good? I love using uh, open source tools. Most people use them. So show you guys how I find and discover these tools um, and how I build my products um, and kind of give people an inside look so they can see what I'm doing. I want to be completely transparent with this whole process. So look for that. Hopefully I'll get that set up in the coming weeks. Um, And yeah, so with that, guys, signing off, I will see you guys on the next episode.